chapter 33, page 809, if you've got a Schofield King James Bible, amen. Jeremiah chapter 33, very, very familiar passage. This morning as we look to see what the Lord would have to do in these days of meeting. Jeremiah chapter 33, if you find, when you find your place, let's all stand together, page 809, amen. Well, it's so good to have you here. It's so good to be in the Lord's house here this morning. Jeremiah chapter 33. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. Now, I want you to notice where he's at. While he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Please don't miss what he's saying here. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, The Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Here's our thought this morning. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The help of God want to preach on sin, great and mighty things. Brother Zach, won't you just go ahead and pray for us while you're there, please. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Lord, please do that. Please do that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, do that. Amen. Be seated. Missionary on furlough told this story while visiting his home church in Michigan. While serving a small field hospital in Africa, every two weeks he would travel by bicycle through the jungle to nearby city for supplies. It was a journey of two days that required him camping overnight. One of these journeys, he arrived in the city and purchased his medicine and supplies. And while he was there, two men got in a fight. So one was seriously injured, so he treated that one that was seriously injured and helped him and went on his journey. Two weeks later, he repeated the journey. And when he arrived in the city, the man that he had helped came up to him and told him this story. He said, we knew you had some money and some medicine. So some friends and I followed you into the jungle knowing you would camp overnight. We planned to kill you and take your, your, your money and take your, your medicine. 
But we saw 26 guards standing, armed guards around you. The man began to laugh and he said, I I assure you one thing, sir, I was all alone. He said, no, no, sir, we, I've got witnesses here, we counted them. There was 26 armed guards. We were afraid, so we left you alone. About that time in the service, a man jumped up and, and said, Sir, can I ask you a question? Exactly what day was that and what time was that? So the missionary told him, and the man excitedly told this story. He said, Sir, while you was there, it was morning here. And that morning, I had such a powerful urge to pray for you. In fact, the urge was so strong that I called some friends. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, all the men that came with me that morning to pray, would you please stand up? And they stood up, and about that time, the missionary just began to weep. Because as he counted them, there was, guess how many? Twenty-six. I wonder this morning, would we be interested in seeing some great and mighty things from God? In order to understand this story and this text here, we need to understand that Jeremiah is a mouthpiece of the Almighty. And what's sad was he, was he was in charge of delivering mostly bad news. I mean, he, he wasn't one of those, uh, uh, you know, preachers that promoted uh, popular thinking and all this kind of, Mostly, his message was one of God's judgment and, and, and very, very harsh and uh, because of that, uh, no doubt he wept over many messages and become known as the weeping prophet, if you will. And the Bible says that as he, as he began to, to, because of the disobedience of the people, God sent warning after warning. And finally God said, listen, God's going to take the Babylonians, I, I mean under Nebuchadnezzar, and he He's going to put your country and your, your nation's going to go into captivity. And, uh, but don't worry, he said, when, when God, God's got a promise for you. And, uh, as a matter of fact, he said, God's going to do something very, very great for you. And, uh, then he gives them this great promise. Isn't it amazing? The most powerful nation under the most powerful king, was still under the control of God. I love that, don't you? God ain't, God's not give the devil a thing. God ain't give the devil nothing, amen? He's still on the throne and he's still in charge. And, uh, and so the people, because of their disobedience and, and just point blank their sin, God said, I'm not going to reward... Your disobedience. Now, don't boot me out here now. But we reward disobedience in our children. But I want you to know God never does. 
God's not going to ever reward disobedience. God's not going to reward my sin. He's not going to reward your sin. And, and, and we, we just need to understand that. God, and, and one, if we, for us to have revival, when we have, not if we have, when we have revival, you can be certain of one thing. It's going to take God searching our hearts. And as the psalmist said, creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's where it's got to start. God doesn't feel filthy, wicked, dirty vessels, and He won't today. So anyway, we find that um, Jeremiah, that's where he's at. And because of his message, uh, and I thought this interesting, they blamed the messenger. Jeremiah 32.3 says, For Zedekiah the king of Judah had shut him up, Jeremiah, saying, Wherefore dost thou prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city to the hand of the Babylons, Babylon, and he shall take it. Zedekiah said, because of the message he brought, they punished the messenger. You know what that's like doing? That's like you whipping the post, the, the, the mailman because you brought your light bill. Now, I, I hate light bill, don't you? But I don't go whip the mailman for bringing it. Uh, uh, boy, aren't you glad of that, Tina? Amen. Well, I'll tell you what. She, she, she works for the post office. She delivers mail. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be something? Somebody come out there and said, I can't believe with a club you bought me a bill and start whooping up on you. It ain't your bill. You just delivered it. Boy, here's what's happening. Here's where this, this, this is the context of this message. Jeremiah's in prison. And all of a sudden, while he's in prison, God gives him one of the greatest verses you'll ever see. Or ever read. And if you're, in, if you're uh, about memorizing the verses, this is a real good one to memorize. Call unto me. I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. My, I see, for I believe this. It may very well be the greatest verse on prayer that you will ever read. I love this story. A pastor owned a parrot. And all he would say is, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. He tried to teach it other words. Now, I mean, he, he liked the fact that the parrot wanted to pray. and He liked to, he, he, but he tried to no avail. He could never, he could never get this, this bird to learn anything, but let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Had a deacon in his church, he had a, had a parrot, and all he would say is, let's kiss, let's kiss, let's kiss, let's kiss, all he would say. So they decided they would stick them together and just see what would happen. So they put the birds together, and the deacon's bird spoke up first, said, let's kiss, let's kiss, let's kiss, let's kiss. And the pastor's bird said, thank you, Lord, for answering prayer. <laughs> Amen. You know why I told that story? Because that's exactly the way we ought to pray. God, give us revival. God, 
We must have revival. Well, the missionary said it best. The only hope for our country and our nation is God. I'm going to tell you something. You've been smoking crack cocaine if you think this government and the next president is going to solve the mess we're in. I don't care who they put in. They don't have an answer. The only hope, the only answer, the only, the only hope this nation has is for one more time for at the house of God, not in the world, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves. It's going to have to start somewhere. And my God, this morning, you've got to start with us. May it start with us. I see three things here, but the last point is where the message is. Don't put your shoes on when we get to the third one. First of all, we're to remember God's presence. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. While he was shut up in the court of the prison saying, I love this. Jeremiah's locked up. He's in prison. He's all alone. He's ignored. He's rejected. He's despised. I want you to know, and he probably felt by as low as he'd ever felt in his life, and God showed up. Isn't it a wonderful? I'm glad no matter where you're at, no matter what kind of prison cell you're in, whether you're in a prison cell of depression, whether you're in the, 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 the prison cell of being rejected or despised, hallelujah, it never stops a voice of a holy God to come where you're at and help you and say something to encourage your heart. Aren't you glad He can meet you in a, bed, in a hospital room on the side of the hill? He, he can meet you anywhere. Aren't you glad of that? Remember God's presence. Number two, reflect on God's power. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof. The Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is His name. Since He's creator, He can handle any catastrophe, chaos. He can handle anything that is, that is given to us. He founded us. He formed us, and He fixed us. I want you to know that word Lord means this. It's the name of Yahweh, which means I am who I am. Don't miss this. He is a God that needs nothing whatsoever to be who He is. We don't add nothing to Him, but we can't take nothing away. No, no matter, he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. My soul, what a God we have this morning. What a God we have this morning. My, he'll meet with you. He's a covenant keeping God. He's the ultimate promise keeper. How many of you have had somebody promise you something and lo, and it's amazing, they lied. Yeah, they lied. Well, a whole lot of people are not promise keepers. But I I promise you this. When he promises you something, he'll keep it. But it is the third point that's really my message here today. How to respond to God's promise. How are we to respond? Just stop for just a second. We won't, we won't stay here but just a minute. But can I have your utmost attention? How many of you know, you know, you know, you know, you know 
that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. No pretense, no junk. Raise your hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to know that? I don't think I'd be ashamed of that. Okay. Those of you that raised your hand, if you were honest with your own heart, then the promise is given to you. And what we need to know is how do we respond to this promise? First of all, look this way now. Ask. Call. Starts with a request. God not going to force himself on no one. God's not going to make you do nothing. How many of you understand God, if He wanted to, could make us all bounce around on top of our heads? Well, wouldn't that be a sight? Somebody bouncing around trying to hold your skirt. Wouldn't that be a mess? Wouldn't that be a sight to see? But you know what? God's not going to ever do that. And you know why He's not going to do that? The same reason, praise God, I can't make my bride do anything. Well, I want you to know, I want my bride to love me because I love her. And I do love her. And because I love her, I want her to love me. You know what? But that's got to be something she gives. You know, we serve a God tonight that loved you so much that he went to a cross to die for you. But you know what he's wanting from you? He's wanting you to love him back. And he's wanting you to call. He's wanting you to ask. He's wanting you to make a request. God's not... You, you, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? We'll, 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 here's what we'll do. We'll go to God and say, okay, He knows what I need. He knows what I need. Okay, I guess He ain't God. I'll just quit. You never ask Him. You never ask. But He knows all things. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. He knows all things. But let me say this. Hey, can I help you, sir? I'm good. I met you not long ago. Thank you for coming today. He's a a preacher in junior church. Amen. Thank you for coming. And, uh, well, hallelujah. And, uh, he wants you to ask. I, 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 love, I love my grandchildren. If they want something, they expect me to read their mind. Now, by the way, a lot of times, I'll know they want something. How many of you fellas got this figured out when your wife said, you know, well, I'm going shopping next week. And, you know, I, we're going on shopping, you know, that hitting around. You know what they're doing? That what they want? They want money. How many knows that? How many understands that? Okay, good, good. We're on the same page. But you know what? And pretty soon you say, "Well, listen, what do you want? What do you want?" Well, sometimes my my grand they, they hit around and they want this and they'll, they'll tell me about all this stuff. By the way, that's exactly what we would do with God. We go to God. Well, you know, God, I just hey, boy, I just don't. Boy, I'm really in bad shape. I need this. And this. Why don't you just stop all that mess? 
Why don't you stop all that mess and just say, and call. I love this. Adrian Rogers says this verse is God's private cell phone number. Call. You got to start with asking. By the way, don't make, don't believe the lie of the devil. Well, they know what I wanted, but they didn't do it anyway. Don't believe that lie. That's a lie. If you've not asked. If you've not asked. If you want something, ask. If you want it, ask. It is amazing. And, and, and by the way, this should be a natural prayer. Because Jeremiah's one of God's youngins. That'll be a natural prayer for you and I. And it's amazing how we resist reaching out to God even when we're going through tough times. I, I, I stand what we're like Jonah. You know what we'll do? We'll buy a ticket. We'll pay the fare. We'll get on a ship. We'll go to sleep. We'll lay out of the house of God. We'll quit. We won't get faithful. We'll stay out of church. We'll do everything in the world except for getting to the one that can help us with every issue we have. I stand amazed at that. And you know what? Sometimes... Folks have got to come by like that old ship's captain says. So the shipmaster came to him and said to him, Why meanest thou, O sleeper, arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And it's sad. Sometimes God's got to put us in, put us up in well belly in for two or three days, sloshing around in our junk and in our misery before we call out. Hey, church, Sodwalk Baptist Church, don't wait till you're on a hospital gurney to call out. Don't wait till your car's crashed. Hey, church, hey, Sodwalk Baptist Church, don't wait till your jobs get the pink slip before you call out to God. Don't wait till you're plumb busted to call out to God. Don't wait till you have to call. Why don't you just call on now? So the first thing we've got to do is ask. Isaiah 43, 22, But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. Thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. That's what he said. Matthew 26, 40, Watch and pray that you are not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak, and it is. Andrew Murray adds, God's giving is inseparable connected with our asking. Now, best illustration I can give you. Elijah, stand up. Is there anything that if you want it bad enough that I wouldn't give you? And I'm just sorry, good for nothing, fleshly man. And I wouldn't deny that boy anything he wanted. He might have to explain himself, but I wouldn't deny him. Be seated. You know what? I'm a one of God's youngins. And this morning, I got up early. No, forget this. Life's not. 
I come over here. And all I said was, Lord. I didn't have to say nothing else. He's got bigger than this church in my soul. He got real good and big. I didn't have to say another thing. I didn't ask him another. I just said, Lord. That's all. He just wanted to hear. Call. Ask. Number two. Ask the one who can deliver unto me. You know what, do some of you good? Oh, it's going to tire some of you up big time. You'll be okay. Go on, take a half a baby aspirin. You'll be all right, okay? This is the remedy. If some of you quit talking on Facebook and put your face in this book, you'd be a whole lot better off. Isn't it amazing? I, I love this. It, it blows my little pea brain. You will go to Facebook, share it with Facebook, everything that's going wrong in your life. To somebody that's got more problems, that a screen door's got holes, they can't fix their own problems, but then they tell you how to fix yours. I've been married 25 times, but let me give you some marriage advice. Now, how smart is that? How, how, how brilliant is that? Or yeah, we'll, we'll spend hours, we'll spend hours on the phone talking to somebody about our problems but we won't spend two minutes with the Holy God that has the answer for them all. I, I, I just, it just makes my little head spin. I can't figure that one out. Luke 11, 2. He said, and then when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Ultimately, Ultimately, we don't ask him because of an evil heart, the Bible says, of unbelief. We're more comfortable talking to somebody that we think can solve our problems because we really don't believe he can. It's amazing. Matthew said this, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Solid rock Baptist church. Let me tell you what will shoot revival right between the eyes and destroy it. If unbelief is scattered out all through this church, your unbelief can kill it. It's not that God can't do it. Don't you blame Him. Amen. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith, it's a grain of mustard seed. You shall send to this mountain, remove hence yonder place, and it shall remove it. Nothing shall be in imp- Nothing. And nothing. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Some of you quit praying for your children 
because you just don't believe God can save them. Some of you didn't quit praying for the lost because you just don't believe God can save them. Some of you quit, you, some of you quit on God altogether. And you're trusting the world. You're trusting a job. You're trusting a little bit of money you got in the bank. And you don't understand. God crashed every bit of that in a heartbeat. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hey, you know what amazes me? This is what this, this just makes every part of my body want to spin. This drives me nuts. You'll meet somebody that's left our church that'll run our church in the ground and that's the gospel instead of believing your pastor that stood with you every time you've been in the hospital, been sick, run miles up the road, run miles up the road to try to bend there for your family when you needed the help. That's right. You'll meet some reprobate in a Walmart and they'll gut the church and that's gospel. You'll believe that mess. I just can't figure that one out. That makes... I just can't figure that one out at all. Ask the one who can deliver. Number three, assume and expect to hear from the Lord and call unto me. And the word and means indicates there's something more coming. Amen. It reflects a trust. It reflects the fact that God's going to do some more. Call unto me and, and, and I will hear thee. And has the ideal that God's going to do something else. Our prayers reflect our trust. And let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For the waver, for he that wavers like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Faith is not believing. When the bills are paid, everything's going well, and everything's going good. Faith is believing when the bills are not paid. But you've been faithful to God. And you're not sure, but you're trusting God to take care of you. And you can't explain it, but God comes through anyway. And it absolutely astounds you. Faith is in the midnight hour, the fever's 104. You can't get it down. You go to the hospital. All of a sudden, you don't even know why, but the doctor comes in and says, we just can't understand this. But the fever just went down. Faith is walking behind a little old white church building and saying, God, we're landlocked. We ain't got no more options. And we can't build nothing else and we're landlocked. And saying, God, I don't know what else to do. And God turns around and does what you're sitting here this morning. That's faith. I would have never dreamed what God could do. The priest at the Jordan River carrying the ark, one of the things they had to do was they had to step into the water. 
Jesus called Peter, he had to get out of that boat. Maybe revival hinges on some of you getting out of that boat you've been in. And you've made all, you've got 20,000 reasons why you can't get out of the boat. You're still in a boat. But it's amazing. There's something in your heart. You'll want to walk on the water to Jesus. But you just can't get out of the boat. Faith is getting out of the boat. Faith is getting out of the boat. Number one, ask. Call. Ask the one who can deliver unto me. Assume and expect to hear from the Lord. And appreciate seeing the Lord work. I will. If he didn't put nothing else in, he didn't say maybe, guess so, hope so, think so. He said, I will. That's enough right there to make a, a Methodist shout, amen. I want you, I will. You know what he's just saying? He's just saying this. He said, I've got a confidence in God's ability because God said, I will do something. It's, it's the same thing when God says, whosoever shall call upon me shall be saved. It ain't a question of maybe, hope so, think so, guess so. They know, I will do something. I love that. Being confident of this very thing. He which had begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 28. We love this verse till we have to live it. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. That's a Good things and the bad things work for his good. We like that when it's good things. We question it when it's the bad things. Ask, call. Ask the one who can deliver unto me. Assume and expect the answer. And appreciate seeing the Lord's work. I will. And then be amazed at a limitless God. Show thee scriptures, not only for preachers and missionaries, brother, brother uh, Pope, or the talented, but it is for every one of God's youngins. Don't limit God when it comes to the great and mighty things in your life. Psalms 46:10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, and I will be exalted in the earth. Philippians 2, 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And last of all, accept God wants the very best for us. Great and mighty things. Had he just said, I got some great things for you. That'd be good, wouldn't it not? If he had said, I got some mighty things for you, wouldn't that be good? But you know what he said? He said, I've got on, I've got, I got backed up to the, to the bay door. Some great and mighty things. I'm waiting to load them onto your heart and into your truck. We back up to the door. The bay door comes up. 
Jesus looks and says, I, I can't put that in that truck. Too much junk in it. Too much trash in it. Son, go, go clean that junk out. Go junk out. Clean that selfishness out. Go, go, go clean that unbelief out. Go, go clean that bitterness and anger. Hey, go clean that sin out. Go, go clean that truck out. I got some great and mighty things. I want to load them. I can't. I can't put them in that truck. So we speed off and we clean it up. And we back up again. And he says, well, it's cleaner than what it was. Did you see them corners up there? You see that corner? There's some goop over in that corner. It's hid. There's knots on the computer. Nobody looking. That lying you're doing. That stealing you're doing. That adulterous affair you're into. It's hid over there in the corner. Nobody sees it. It's over there. And God just kind of, he says, you see, it's over in that corner. I, I got some great and mighty things. I, I want to give them to you. I want the best for you. I want the very best for you. But I need you to go clean that corner out right there. So we drive off. And this morning, if this altar would just become a good power washer and just wash out every corner of our hearts, God has the great and mighty things and he wants the very best for us. Solid Baptist Church, he wants the very best for you. The question is, do we want? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Someone has said, whenever I'm prayerless, it betrays an underlying belief that I cannot, that I, I want you to get this. Whenever I'm prayerless, it betrays an underlying belief that I can do life and ministry on my own, which according to scripture is certifiably Insane. Perhaps that's it. Whatever it is. In just a moment, we're going to stand. And in just a moment, I want you to search your heart. It's all stand to your feet. Every head bowed, never eye closed. <laughs>